Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand with your host, Jonathan Johnson. Disney fans, and welcome to another magical installment of Disney On Demand. I am your host, Jonathan Johnson, and this week we're taking a trip back to the late 80s and early 90s with the launch of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. The MMC, as it was later known, was the starting point for such stars as Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, and who could forget the early years of the MMC, especially from 1989 to 1992. Those, in my opinion, were the best years of the MMC. That gave us the rebirth of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. Good, fun, family entertainment, a cast that we would grow to love, and more. It also gave us what I dubbed the start of the Mouse House Band with The Party. And with that, we have none other than Chase and Hampton, one of the original cast members of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, key member and founder of the band The Party, and later host of the Mickey Mouse Club, stopping in here at the show. Chasen's going to stop in, relive those memories, look back at landing the role on the MMC, working with his bandmates in The Party, and just what is he up to now with his new solo career. In addition, we're going to be taking a look back throughout the show at the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, The Party, and more. We have a retro of a prize this week and all kinds of Disney fun with music, memories from the parks, films, and the Mickey Mouse Club that you know and love. So before we jump into the party of a show, I want to mention that Disney On Demand is brought to you by DisneyBlue.net. At DisneyBlue.net, you can get the latest reviews of Disney Blu-rays, releases, and the full archives of our past shows of Disney On Demand. And you can also listen to our world-famous Listen to a Disney Movie Player found there right there on the homepage at DisneyBlue.net. And Disney On Demand is also brought to you by SR Sounds, where you can log on and leave it on at srsounds.com. And SR Sounds is proudly sponsored by Magical Journeys, where you can book your next trip to your Disney destination at yourmagicaljourneys.com. So without any more hesitation, as as Damon from the party would say, here we go. (laughs) Welcome to the Mickey Mouse Club. Here we go, here we go, here we, and here we go. It's cool bugging you like it's bugging me. Woo, indubitably. Man, I tell you, you know, it's just all these finals. I'm ready for summer. I'm ready for the good time, the stupid rhyme, and all the females out there, you know? Well, I understand what you're saying. So why don't we just kick the ballistics and come get stupid? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying because, you know, just the other day, yo, I was clowning in class like I usually do. Girls on my ticket ain't nothing new. Haven't had a book since I don't know when. Looks like a cram session's about to begin. Not everyone's sweating cause finals are here. But I'm getting real sick because summer's near. I started my old count. 
down It's in effect for just one week to yell Girls in bikinis make me lose direction One more tardy and I'm on suspension Was spotted at the beach and now I'm in detention Can't be doing time cause I lose my tan Summer school's not in the master plan Got places to go, my homies and me And wherever we are will be the place to G Gotta get up, gotta get out, gotta get down Time to go out and have some fun Tune in, move on, bust out Gotta break away from Peace. 
Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music. All Disney music. All day long. SRSounds.com. Disney on demand. Metroliner non-stop now departing Rocket Tower Plaza Station for a round-trip Super Skyway Tour. Welcome aboard, TTA travelers. Whether you're a humanoid, a robot, or an alien passenger, we hope you enjoy your trip along Tomorrowland Transit Authority's Super Skyway. What do you think we have you on the show for? Now, Wendell. You're supposed to pick. Now, Wendell, please. Eh, if you can't cut it, just lay out. Well, let's not fight now because we got work to do here. Well, let's do it. Now, here's a fractured folk song. Butchered by two birds. Yeah, we wrote these lousy lyrics. And we also wrote the words. 
The chords are very simple. In fact, there's only three. First it's G, then C, and D, and then going back to G. But you gotta be quick. Log on, leave it on. Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. All right, Disney fans, I'm back. And as we prepare for Chase and Hampton to stop in, I have some great Disney entertainment news for you. This week, coming from Soap Network. That's right, the Disney Soap Opera Channel is going to say its farewell very, very soon. That's right, Disney is moving aggressively to expand its hold on children's entertainment. And they are going to close their SoapNet cable channel and replace it with a service aimed at preschoolers. In 2012, Disney Junior is going to take place of SoapNet, a 10-year-old channel devoted to soap opera reruns that is available in 75 million homes, according to Ann Sweeney, co-chairwoman of Disney Media Networks. Now, Disney's current preschool operation, a block of programming called Playhouse Disney, is going to be rebranded with the Disney Junior name starting next year. Now, this is going to represent the next step in global preschool strategy that started 10 years ago with the introduction of dedicated channels overseas. Now, Miss Sweeney has mentioned that Disney Junior is not going to feature any advertising. It's going to be geared to a slightly wider demographic from ages 2 to 7 and having other preschool offerings in the same vein as Sprout with Sesame Street and things like that, where those are a little more narrow to ages 2 to 5. So they're going to broaden from ages 2 to 7. Now, programming on Disney Junior is going to include about 200 new episodes of current Disney Channel shows, including Handy Manny, Special Agent Oso, and new series like Jake and the Neverland Pirates, which we talked about here on Disney On Demand with Corey Burton when he was on talking about how he's voicing Captain Hook for that series. So they're going to have a lot of great things that you're going to see. You're going to see all kinds of classic movies, including 101 Dalmatians, Aladdin, The Little Mermaid, and Disney Junior is going to be jumping off very soon. So they're going to go ahead and rebrand Disney Junior with the Walt Disney Company. And that's going to take the place of Disney's SoapNet cable channels. Let's see if Disney can hold on and regain all those preschoolers that have jumped the ship to go to Nick Junior and things like that. Let's just keep our eyes open in 2012. Now on to some charity and the Coles Kids Charity. Now Buzz Lightyear, Woody, and Rex the Dinosaur are making appearances at the Coles department stores for the newest Disney Pixar movie, Toy Story 3, which is hitting theaters in just two weeks. Now the characters are plush toys and they come along with two books that may be purchased at your local Coles department stores for $5 each through the end of June. Now all the items are available at every 1,000 Coles department store nationwide and also online at Kohl's.com. That's K-O-H-L-S.com. Now, the sale of the coordinating toys and books are a fundraiser for the Kohl's Cares for Kids program, with 100% of the net profit benefiting the children's health and education initiatives nationwide. Now, this season, the charity program is also going to be offering something for adults, Top Secret Restaurant Recipes. A cookbook by best-selling author Todd Wilbur is also available for $5. They have Kickin' Back Country, a musical CD with a host of country music artists, including Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, and that's also $5. And all of those proceeds as well go to the Coles Cares for Kids program as well. Now, since its beginning 10 years ago, the Coles Care for Kids has raised over $126 million for children's charitable organizations. Now, stepping aside from the charities and giving back to the kids, which I definitely love, let's get into some movie news. And how about some record-breaking news in Alice in Wonderland placing sixth 
in the all-time highest grossest film in history. That's right. Many people haven't brought this up, and you have Avatar, you have Titanic, but Disney's Alice in Wonderland has crossed the billion-dollar worldwide threshold, making it the sixth film in box office history to do so. That's right. It is going up there. It is counting up, and it has made history. I don't know how this one is bypassing everybody under the radar, probably because of all the fun of everyone on the Avatar bandwagon, but you got to give props to Tim Burton and Disney with Alice in Wonderland placing sixth in the all-time highest-grossing film in history. So, Disney fans, that's some basic Disney entertainment news right now. Let's jump back to some tunes once again from the Mickey Mouse Club, The Party, and also some Disney classics that you know and love as we prepare for the one and only Chase and Hampton stopping in very, very soon. Sit back, relax, and enjoy some Disney tunes, all of you Disney fans. Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music, all Disney music, all day long, srsounds.com. <laughs> See, I really couldn't sing. I could never really sing. What I couldn't do is I have trouble with it. It goes all around my It's just terrifying. Now, see, I really couldn't hear which note was lower or was Which is why I disappear if someone says, hey, let's start up. Hey, when I begin it, it's a cross between a or a quiver or a It's a little like a or the record player. But what it doesn't have is Oh, I know you're thinking, what a wacko. But I really couldn't, I could never really, what I couldn't do is. Three blind minds. Three blind minds. See what I mean? It's amazing. He's doing his best. But I lie. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Jingle bells, jingle bells. It blows my mind. He gets depressed. But what I lack in pitch, I sure make up in. And all my friends say that I am perfect for the shower. Do you get all that? <laughs> There's more. And when Christmas comes and all my friends go, it is so disheartening. It is so disquieting. It is so discouraging. Thank you, Lens. You're beautiful, man. See, I really couldn't. I could never really. What I couldn't do is. Whoa! I love you guys. Sing! And you can quote me on that. <laughs> it's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. With this baby, we'll never be lost. On Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. Come on to the theater. I did the deed. An actor's life for me. A high silk hat and a silver cane. A watch of gold with a diamond chain. I did the day. An actor's life is gay. It's great to be a celebrity, an actor's life for me. An actor's life is fun. 
A wax mustache and a beaver coat, a pony cart and a billy goat. Hi, fiddly dum, an actor's life is fun. You wear your hair on a pompadour, you ride around in a coach and four, you stop and buy out a candy store. An actor's life for me. Hi, fiddly dee, an actor's life for me. A high silk hat and a silver cane, a watch of gold with a diamond chain. Hi, fiddly day, an actor's life is gay. It's great to be a celebrity, an actor's life for me. Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music, all day long. SRSounds.com. We got a new dance the whole world can do. Once you start the jam, <laughs> jump and jam,
Tony. Jennifer. Mark. Tara. Matt. Lindsay. Dale. Tasha. Ricky. Carrie. Jason. Nina. JC. Alana. Kevin. Rona. Josh. Mylin. Blaine. The party. Terry. Brett. And you. Hi, everybody. This is Pat Carroll. I am so glad you're listening to Disney on Demand. And as Ursula would say, life's full of tough choices. In it. <laughs> Don't forget, keep listening to Disney on Demand. No matter what flag you pledge under, we're all the same. All this world needs is a little peace, love, and understanding.
log on, leave it on. Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com. All right, Disney fans, I hope you're enjoying the mixture this week on Disney On Demand as we're tailoring it for all of you all-new Mickey Mouse Club fans with music from the party, the Mickey Mouse Club, and also all the Disney tunes that you know and love. And Chase and Hampton is going to be stopping in very shortly. But before he does, I do want to do something a little bit different this week. Instead of the usual DVD and Blu-ray news, how about a little bit more about the Mickey Mouse Club? Now, we all know about the Mickey Mouse Club debuting in 1955 with Walt Disney himself selecting a net for the program. And the Mickey Mouse Club has since been a staple that we all know the song by heart to. And then in 1977, the show resurfaced once again with the new Mickey Mouse Club. Walt Disney Productions revived the concept but modernized the show cosmetically with disco re-recordings of the theme song, a minority cast members. The sets were very simplistic, lacking fine artwork, but they were original. And like the original, nearly each day's episode included a vintage cartoon, usually color ones from the late 1930s and up. Now, the series debuted on January 17, 1977 on only 38 local television stations, and by June, when the unsuccessful series was discontinued, only about 70 stations in total had picked up the entire series. Now, the series didn't have the fan base of its 1950s predecessor, and while both the 50s and the 90s series both had DVD releases in July of 2005, the 1970s series has seemed forgotten, except by the short generation of viewers that got to experience it back in 1977, for whom it defined the Mickey Mouse Club back then. Now on to the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. Yes, it debuted in 1989, and it was an instant success. It ran for seven seasons until 1994. In 1989, the Disney Channel revived the show with a different format, which was very similar to other popular shows at that time, like You Can't Do That on Television or Saturday Night Live, and the show structure was originally developed by Walt Disney Television in the mid-1980s. Now, the long version of the new show's title, The All-New Mickey Mouse Club, was later shortened to MMC by many of the fans. It was recorded before a studio audience at the Disney MGM Studios, which is now Disney's Hollywood Studios in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. And it featured all kinds of teens from all variety of races. Now, the show was a mix of live skits, recorded comedy, and songs. And the Mouseketeers did their own versions of popular songs, live music, and music videos. Now, the show gained much ground as the MMC and all the Mouseketeers helped show the grand opening of Typhoon Lagoon by shooting a music video there to help promote it. They were also part of the original grand opening of the Disney MGM studio special that aired on TV, doing a musical number right there on the set of what would become the beckoning for many children and kids and teenagers to come watch those live shows. Now the MMC also started many careers like Carrie Russell, who we first saw out of the MMC in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, JC, Justin Timberlake, and many others from the later on in those seasons. Now, the five original members of the show, Damon Pompolina, Tiffany Hale, Chase and Hampton, Albert Fields, and D.D. Mango, broke off and formed the musical group The Party, and it released four full-length albums. Their title album, The Party, the second follow-up, In the Meantime, In Between Time, Free, and The Party's Over, Thanks for Coming. Now, the group had a radio hit that everybody could remember, with the cover of Dawkins' In My Dreams and also Summer Vacation. Now, the name The Party was a contest on the Mickey Mouse Club, and it stood for Positive Attitude Reflecting Today's Youth. Now, the band never got much push or pump like many of the Disney Channel stars do now, like Hannah Montana, but I think it was mainly due to Disney just not knowing how to push a band 
at that time. I mean, seriously, the party was before their time. I tend to believe that the party was the granddaddy of the Disney Channel that we now know. They were there before their time, and for a glimpse, some of us got to live alongside them. Now, in 1990, as part of Season 3, six former Mouseketeers, Sherry, Sharon, Bobby, Tommy, Don, and Annette, all made a special appearance, participating in many of the skits and musical numbers on the Mickey Mouse Club. And they were presented with the 1990s version of the MMC jackets. And Annette thanked everybody and said the Mickey Mouse Club is in good hands because of all of you. Now, the only Musketeers who have appeared in every season from its first until its cancellation in 1994 were Lindsay, Jennifer, and Josh, with Tiffany and Chase coming back for the final season as hosts of the show. Now, overall, the all-new Mickey Mouse Club was a blast. If you love the earlier shows just like myself from season 1 to 4, or maybe you were part of that other demographic that loved the later seasons from seasons 5 to 7, either way... It is what Disney was good at. Family entertainment, wholesome fun, and really growing kids and teens and keeping everybody in a fresh, fun environment that is also wholesome and still developing and entertaining to watch. I would love to see the Mickey Mouse Club resurface again, but most importantly, I would love to see the entire series of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club released on DVD or Blu-ray. To date, they only have the greatest hits from Christina, Justin, and Brittany. Not my best choice, in my opinion. Not even worth having that DVD. But I would love to relive those fond memories once again with the earlier seasons, the cast of the all-new Mickey Mouse Club with Mickey Mouse and his club. Well, after my reminiscing, given the lowdown for all of you Disney fans, I do see that we have Chainston Hampton on the line. So tell you what, Disney fans, be sure to check out this week's contest as we are giving away the original, sealed, Party Till You Drop VHS film from the band The Party this week. Yes, I said brand new VHS wrapped The Party Till You Drop tour video cassette. All right, so let's jump into some music, some tunes, some Mickey Mouse Club, a little bit of party, some Disney classics, and when we come back, we're going to have Chase and Hampton from the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, The Party, and an awesome solo artist on the line. Sorcerer Radio, all Disney music, all day long. SRSounds.com yeah, that's pretty nice and soft and quiet blues. That's what I like. <laughs> do the bars in the boom, boom, boom. I'm blue as I can be. Green with jealousy. Yeah. Look what you done to me. I've got those green with envy blues. I mean those red with anger blues And that's the purple with passion blues Over you oh, The end of the orange You're gonna squeeze me Meet the mellow yellow moon so I can lose those green with envy, red with anger, purple, passionate, blue. I take off, boys. Yellow moon So I can 
was green with and we red with egg a purple passionate blue da 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 thank you very much boys that was what I got to sleep with and the people da 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 Oh, I'm a tired duck. Oh, I got those oranges. They squeeze in me. Need the metal. Yellow moon. So I can lose the green with envy, red with pink and white and plaid and blue and yellow. And when does this thing end already? What, what, what? Who does this I eat say again? Green with envy, Boy. Disney On Demand with Jonathan Johnson. Ooh. Dibs. On Sorcerer Radio. Mm. Okay, I'm convinced. SRSounds.com. And this is a terrific, rousing Christmas rendition in the streets. Let's listen. Leave it on. Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music. All day long. SRSounds.com by mistake. And the queen, she likes some bread. If she's so white, we stand. She'd raise a fuss and each of us would quickly lose his head. Goodness. Since this is a thought we dread, we painted the roses red. Oh dear, then let me help you. Painting the roses red. We're painting the roses red. Go tell the queen what you have seen or say that's what we said. But Painting the roses red. Yes, painting the roses red. Not pink, not green, not aquamarine. We're painting the roses
on to demand. Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. 
Alright all of you Disney fans, we are back once again with another edition of Disney On Demand. And this week we're taking a trip back. We're going back in time to 1989, maybe the early 90s, and of course, what is going on today? And we have none other than Chase and Hampton from the all-new Mickey Mouse Club, The Party, and Buzzfly, his solo work, Welcome to Disney On Demand. Oh, thank you so much, Jonathan. I really appreciate you having me, man. It's our pleasure having you on. You know, uh, you know, if it's something that defines, I guess, the uh, the new generation of Mouseketeers, it is definitely that all-new Mickey Mouse Club that kicked off back in 1989. So I guess that would be a good starting point, you know. Uh, you know, you've been acting pretty much your whole life and getting into things that way. Um, I guess, who is Chasen, I guess, and how did you land the role for the Mickey Mouse Club back in 89? <clears throat> wow. Oh, that's a huge question. Um... Uh, basically, uh, I'm originally from Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, and there's not too much going on out there for uh, you know performing arts. There is, but you know, not on on that level. And uh, one day, I got an anonymous uh, tip. I, I kind of did like commercials and local competitions, sing, singing competitions and dance competitions around town, and like I uh, would try to win money or prizes or whatever. <clears throat> and uh, I got an anonymous tip. My dad did at his office, uh, saying, "Take your son down to Dallas." Uh, there's going to be a huge audition for this movie called Why Because We Like You. And it was a, a movie that was originally about the original Musketeers, like Annette and, and Bobby and uh, Sherry and all those guys. And I went out for two roles, uh, Bobby and Lonnie, and got the script and went out the next day, left school, and went out there to this huge audition. And there was over a 1,000 people in line. And uh, this is kind of where fate steps in. And uh, when I was checking into the hotel, uh, it was probably 12.31 in the morning because we drove from Oklahoma, and um, I was going to audition the very next day. Uh, in, the, in the lobby, um, these three guys come, you know, kind of straggling in from probably going to the bar or whatever, seeing the town, and they scream across the lobby. I'm, I'm in my, like, jam shorts. Remember jams used to be in? <laughs> and I got, I got a ghetto blaster so I can practice my, uh, my moves or whatever, my songs. And they see me from across the, the lobby, and they're like, hey, hey, you, are you here for the uh, Mouseketeer audition? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Let's, and they're like, we're the casting directors. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm like, you want to do it right now? And they, they got a big kick out of it. They're like, no, 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 no. We'll see you tomorrow, man. We'll see you tomorrow. And so sure enough, it was one of those moments where, like, when I came in the next day, they remembered me, you know what I mean? And, uh, and just kind of set me down next to them and kept me there and helped, I kind of helped audition the rest of the kids during that day. So I just kind of became friends with the casting director who was uh, Matt Casella, and he's infamous for uh, finding everybody. And the audition was nuts. I mean, there was just, it was a cattle call. There were so many people there, and I was having a blast because I just kept hanging out, and if they needed someone to read with the current audition auditioning person, I would jump up there and do it with them. So I was getting a, a lot of FaceTime, a lot of camera time with these guys, you know. And uh, sure enough, I got the call back, and they sent me out to L.A. for this movie called Why Because We Like You. And at that at that the callback, I actually met Tiffany Hale, who was uh, on the show with me as well, and Jennifer McGill, and a couple of the other ones that we we were all up for this movie. And that was in '89, and around that time, the the writer strike happened, the big SAG writer strike, and everything in Hollywood shut down. So basically, the movie was scratched. But at the exact same time, in Florida, this MGM Studios was opening up. And they were talking about building a humongous, you know, million-dollar set, and it's going to be nuts, and they're going to put together a new Mickey Mouse Club, the series. 
And sure enough, they just took my picture off one bulletin board and stuck it on the other one. And they go, here's your first guy. You know, they, just, they literally <laughs> just stuck me on that thing. And I'm like, okay, sure. You know, they're like, you want to go do a show in Florida? I'm like, awesome. Because the movie wasn't going to happen anymore. So now I could be myself and uh, be on this crazy show, which I mean, it couldn't have been more exciting. And so uh, I ended up just getting the show from auditioning from the movie. And then, uh, you know, came out and met Didi at the airport, and we kind of drove in together, and, you know, it was a whole crazy awakening experience. <laughs> it was pretty nuts. It was really overwhelming, you know, coming from Oklahoma. But right, you know, and uh, it's definitely one of those things where you said fate really took its hand, and uh, it yep. couldn't be more well-received. I mean, if I remember correctly, you know, during that time when uh, when that series debuted, I mean, it was bigger than ever, and, uh, uh, you know, it was almost the precursor to the Disney Channel and the way things are today. Um, you know, it, it was those early stages where they realized we have a market here, and it was kind of the yep. rebirth of the entire Disney Channel original series kind of feel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you you hit it right on the head because you look at what they're doing now with the Miley Cyruses and the Jonas Brothers. I mean, it's it's definitely a a machine now, you know. And they they are hitting that target audience, which I don't know if they were doing that prior to the Mickey Mouse Club. I think it was just kind of up in the air and cartoons. And but it seems like from that point on, they really had a a place to go, you know, like a definite right, you know, and, and idea in the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, I guess. I would consider the all-new Mickey Mouse Club back then was uh, really a Saturday Night Live for the younger generation, doing the skit comedies and um, having fun. Was it always that kind of a blast on set, um, just doing this crazy, fun, cra- uh, I guess, outrageous stuff? I mean, I know there is the work schedule involved, things <clears> like that, but you know, it always looks like you guys were having such a good time, too. We were. I mean, we really were, because we ended up being... We we all ended up being best friends. It was almost kind of like you take and you take the popular kids out of each school and then you stick them all in one room, and we, and none of us knew who who was going to take charge. Almost it was like we had all these crazy strong personalities in a room, and and then to see what happened beyond that was nuts. You know, we we all kind of clicked off and learned off each other's talents even more, and and brought each other even to another level. You know, yeah, it was really crazy. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, that that was a charmed life. Just to to go there. All of a sudden, I have to only go to school for three hours a day, you know, <laughs> and and I got better grades because of it because I had the tutor right over my shoulder, making sure I knew what I was doing, and uh, and then doing it with you know fun people, people who were like minded, and and we all were trying to learn the the newest dance move or you know teach each other the newest Bobby Brown riff or something, you know what I mean? We were just we became really good buds, and then we were we were together twenty four seven, right? You know, even it, like even like getting we got we got in a lot of trouble too. I mean, we we would even. Uh, I mean, we had that playground in our backyard as far as, like, we, we, we'd walk out of school and say, uh, we'd be in a school, like a trailer outside the uh, the studio, and we'd say, like, uh, we, need, we need to go get a, a drink of water or an English muffin or something, and we'll be right back. And me, Damon, and Albert would take off, and all of a sudden we'd be in a great movie ride, you know, <laughs> or uh, we'd, jump, we'd, we'd run into the park, you know, real quick and ride a ride or go get a girl's phone number or something and run back. <laughs> so we didn't get in too much trouble, but, you know, we were always... We were teenagers, right? You know, it was it was enough to cause that mischief that uh, you'd <laughs> yeah. expect out of teenagers. Yeah. It kept it fun. Though. Now, uh, when it comes to doing a lot of the, uh, I guess a lot of the skits and the cast and uh, everybody involved, like you said, you were together, you know, constantly, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was almost like. Uh, 
you know, it happened really fast because you guys were doing, you know, the skits and, uh, you know, opening up things like Typhoon Lagoon and all the appearances. I, I yeah, guess, was definitely. it really overwhelming with the amount of fans that just really embraced Mickey Mouse Club back then? Like what you said, it happened really fast. I mean, that that really did happen really fast because uh, we, back then when we first started, we were doing something they, they ended up changing later in the later seasons. Um, we were doing a show a day, which is basically what a, like a soap opera does, you know. So, which is you know it's been done, but then again we were kids, and the, some of the scripts were twenty one pages and, and one skit, you know what I mean? And, and we had to learn every day was a different day, and then you add on the choreography for a song, and then you add on the day, like say we were going to do a show today, well. Earlier, earlier today, we would have to record the song for tomorrow's show, but yet still know our, our lines and our songs for today. And then on top of that, you had to do three hours of school and have a little homework. And you know, I mean, it got really <laughs> stressful as a child. I mean, looking back, I mean, we we really really worked hard, really worked hard. And later they changed that. When I came back after the party, um, they had changed that for all the kids. They were doing two shows a week, and you could rehearse. You could rehearse all. We'd rehearse all week long do a dry run, I think on Thursday or whatever, and then we'd do the show on Friday, uh, and we'd do the show twice. So they had, they could check, you know, and we'd, we'd run it live. So if you messed up, you messed up, you know. Very that, cool. That's like, that's like Saturday Night Live. That's what was kind of cool, is that they did give us a little freedom where where if we started cracking up and we still kept going, we, they'd keep it, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and like you said, you know, it, you know, I guess you learn from your mistakes or you learn, you grow with the show. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess uh, backtracking a little bit from uh, before you came back to the series um, and the party, of course, which uh, definitely has its own cult following even today. Um, you know, yeah. people love the party. And um, I like to call that the precursor of all the Miley Cyruses and Jonas Brothers and, you know, pushing all of your Disney Channel celebrities. And the party was... In my eyes, probably the first of its kind like that. Um, yep. I guess after Annette Funicello and all those, but it was definitely the rebirth of that. And uh, yep. how did it feel to, uh, you know, I guess create this band that was embraced by everybody? And uh, I guess how did it come about? I know that there was a big contest <clears throat> to name yeah, the band. Yeah, the contest. What kind of happened is uh, the three the three boys, me, me, Damon, and Albert, we were so tight. Like, we... We literally thought we could be a rap. We looked like a rap group anyway. We were like rapping on stage, and we made little hats, you know, <laughs> off stage. We we were calling ourselves a, a group name, and I think Disney kind of caught wind that we were doing that. And we were saying we wanted to be a band, and we were writing songs, just kind of screwing around, just for our own selves. And they ended up kind of hearing that, and then like going, "Hey, that's a good idea." And then they kind of pulled they pulled us in a room and said, "Here's what we're thinking. You know, you three boys, we're going to add the two girls." Well, there'd be a five a five group, um, five member group, and um, you know, you use your dancing and everything, and we'll get all the best producers. And we're like, oh, of course, let's do this, you know. And uh, you know, before you know it, they're throwing Michael Jackson in the in the loop, and you know, the names they were dropping, we're just like, our eyes are <laughs> bigger than our head, you know. So that I, what you said, like about the the precursor to all that. I think you're right. It, it very much was an experiment for Disney, I think, because they had just they had uh, they had Touchstone and they had these other alternative companies that worked under Disney, but they had just started Hollywood Records. They needed uh, a Disney-esque group to kind of fit that realm that fits the Disney. You know, they they bought Queen as their first catalog. So on their label, all they had was Queen and us. So that was kind of what started their label. 
and then you know I think for them growing as a as a company they kind of learned by working with us too I mean they we were with you know I can't even count how many producers they had us with they had us with you know Dr. Dre and Snoop and Teddy Riley and you know remember back then Teddy Riley anything he touched was gold <laughs> so I mean they were there was a lot of money being thrown around to get like the best of the best you know so as far as an experience for us as kids I mean, I can't even tell you that it was priceless to be to sit there and watch, you know, to sit next to Dr. Dre and watch how he produces, and then go next to Teddy Riley and see how he produces. To see just the best of the best and how they do it, and kind of soak that up as a kid was just nuts. Right, you know, I could imagine, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, like the way you do music now, of course, you know, you can always tell that uh, you're a rocker. But you know, back then, you're, it's a sign of the times and what you're listening to. And the party was a little bit of everything. It was a little bit of rock yep. and roll, a little bit of rap, a little bit of pop. Um, yep. you, you know, and of course, a lot of different covers and things. And uh, you know, the cover of Dawkins in my dreams was, of course, a huge hit for you guys. Um, yeah. I'm probably the most widely known. Um, you know, I myself think that your last album was probably the best musically produced um, yep. in terms of artistic and, and writing ability. Um, I guess what <clears throat> it happens so fast in terms of the rise and the fall of the party. Uh, did it just kind of happen where we're like, all right, it's over, we're done? This I is can tell it. you, I have, I have many theories on it, but um, I can tell you that, you know, in, in life, from what I've learned, uh, you know, everything is just everything is just timing. You know, and even me in the ho- in the hotel that time to get the Mickey Mouse Club, it was it was perfect timing. You know, I walked in when the casting directors were walking in. You know, all those little things I think really do uh, chalk up to getting you the the full experience. And and back then, uh, New Kids on the Block uh, were kind of winding down. We came on the heels of them. Um, I think Backstreet Boys had just started, um, but. At the top of the charts, out of nowhere, came Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Lenny Kravitz, um, anything from Seattle, Soundgarden, which I love. I, I love that stuff. I mean, I eat that stuff up, so I'm like in heaven. But as far as a, a business, you know, to sell to sell pop music, you know, it wasn't the market. And we all were like, this isn't going anywhere. Like, uh, us as kids who didn't know the trend of how the music business works, we thought... No one was ever going to listen to pop music again. <laughs> sure enough, sure enough, like three years later, Spice Girls come out, and then it, it all kind of goes full circle, you know. But you know, I'm, I'm sure if we would have stayed in there and kept swinging um, with that, you know, we could have got something out of that. But I really think it was timing. You right, know, it's just bad time. Yeah, I mean, timing is everything, uh, whether you get that Midas touch or not. And, uh, yep. you know, one of the questions I know that people always have is, you know, was everything pre-produced? Was it pre-canned? Was it really um, your input on everything? And, uh, you know, if you if you actually go through and you look at everything, you guys were very active in the writing and producing yeah. in the later albums. And uh, yep. uh, uh, how did that feel to just, you know, get your hands wet and really, I guess, really mold you into the music scene to lead you up to what you're doing now? Exactly. I mean, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. Like the 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 experience and the, um, just getting to go through all that was, you know, priceless. To know how to handle myself now and to know what I want to do and how it all works and how to how not to waste money, how to, you know, get through that maze of a of an industry. 
Now, uh, when it comes to the party, of course, you know, I gotta, I gotta address a couple different things because I know, uh, I, I know the women out there that uh, love chasing out there are, you know, wondering. What, what, is there any, uh, uh, I guess, is there any album, any song, anything that to you really defines uh, what you feel is the best accomplishment and the best uh, song from the party, and uh, just one of those things where you look back and you're like, okay, that's the one thing that came out of the entire party experience that I'm the most proud of. Well, for me personally, um, I would probably say Needing Someone that was on the free album. And it wasn't a well-known song for anybody other than myself, but it was the first time, like you said, when we first got signed from, from Mickey, Mickey Mouse Club, you know, they we we were a machine, you know. we uh, Disney took us, they got major producers, they got songs. We went in, we picked our songs, and we, we knocked it out. We... Damon and I, none of us wanted to be a manufactured band or have that label, so we instantly started taking lessons on guitar and bass and drums and started writing and getting with writers, and, you know, I think Damon and Albert were writing with Glenn Ballard, who did uh, Atlantis Morissette, and they just were, they were, they had us with crazy people, Andre Simone, who, was, who worked with Prince, I mean, we got to sit there and write in people's houses that, you know, have a, a, a major name and major experience. And I did that needing someone with Cliff Magnus, who at that time was doing like uh, Wilson Phillips and another other people. But just to sit there alone without anybody over my shoulder telling me, you know, this is the way it has to go, or that you know, and just have that freedom, and then them, them say, oh, we love this song, and you get to use it. It is a you know, it's a big step as a kid to finally have something, to put my stamp on something, and say, wow, I created that, you know, to know that I could, I guess. Definitely. Because most, a lot of Disney bands are manufactured. A lot, not just Disney, but a lot of bands. In period, you know, it is a business um, on on one end, and, and you know, kids get great opportunities to do things like that. But you also have to know how to get in there and start swinging for yourself and write some good songs and try to get what you can out of the experience, so you, you can actually get something from it. You know, I mean, we got to travel around the world, and I can, you know, those experiences alone too are, are were amazing. But as far as what I do now, the writing and, and sitting there with those producers and having those conversations uh, were, meant the world to me because I still, I still look back at that. Definitely. I, I mean, you, you can see that evolution, you know, in those later albums, and I would have to agree that you can see that you guys really, you know, molded into your own, and you knew that it was it was your style, your feel, and uh, you know, like like myself, I have to say, looking back at all that, uh, my one of my personal favorite songs, of course, is probably "Moving On" from the final album. Oh, thank you, dude. Thank and, you. Yeah, that, uh, that's who I work with now. That's Mike Mike Viscara, and that's that's my partner now, and who I work with now. Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah, you know, there's just something about uh, that song, I, I have to say, from that last album that just, uh, I'm like, all right, now I can see more of this coming, and, and then it stopped. But then, uh, you know, nothing ever truly stops, and that brings you to, I guess, full circle of to what you're doing now. You know, you made some appearances in, you know, television, shows like Sabrina, The X-Files, and then came Buzzfly. Uh, I guess, uh, how did that brainchild come to be? Well, Buzzfly, it was, it was actually there on the last album because that's who I who I did that moving on song with and uh, that's that's uh, Mike Mike Vizcar and that's who I ended up playing with for a number of years um, for a good 10 years we were doing uh, special special shows out here in LA and and kind of celebrity gatherings and stuff and we were uh, we were calling ourselves Buzzfly and it was kind of a classic kind of heavy southern rock soul thing <laughs> and uh and uh, he, he now is uh, Mike Viscar now is actually a producer now. He's producing 
some huge up-and-coming acts around town here, and uh, work. he's helping me on my new CD now. But actually, Buzzfly now has become more of our record label, and kind of a think tank kind of thing, you know, where we we use that as our as our label and our uh, our trademark, so to speak. But um, at, at this point, I'm going out as uh, Chase and Hampton on iTunes and and uh, all that, and doing the solo thing. But that that still includes Mike Viscar, and it's still Buzzfly, and it's still under that under that name. But that's kind of what Buzzfly is. It's just kind of our other name, our pseudo name. So I don't use Chase in if I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and and you do have such a huge following. I have to say that uh, you know a lot of people are like, oh, whatever happened to the, whatever happened to the party? Whatever happened to the Mickey Mouse Club members? And it's yeah. like you know, all you have to do is you know go to IMDb, uh, you know, search up your name, and uh, you're everywhere. And you have your you know you have your cult following. And I, I like to say cult because you definitely have some diehard fans. I have to say. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I wouldn't be here without them. I love them to death. <laughs> I don't know if it was the hair or what. Maybe I was nice to a couple of people along the way. Yeah, you know the <laughs> the, the yeah, hair is something. They're there, sweethearts. <laughs> yeah, you gotta love. Uh, you never knew which direction the hair was going. You were definitely a uh, pre Sanjaya. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like I was like the new flock of seagulls of the time. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, so you're working on a lot of different things. Like you said, you have a solo album out, um, and you're working on uh, a, a follow up album. If I if I'm correct. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I guess how's that coming along, and uh, when can we expect to hear more about that? Um, I'm hoping to get it done by the end of the summer, but I mean, it always takes longer than than we want. But it, you know, it's like because I've had such a long career, it's like I get real antsy about how what I release and how I come out, and I'm always kind of trying to reinvent myself and come up with something new or challenge myself. So I'm just always trying to come up with the best stuff. So I mean, I've been taking my time on it, but uh, I definitely got some great stuff coming up very cool you know and everybody can always find your stuff on itunes and uh, you know all Absolutely. over the web as well um i guess uh you know overall the big picture like i said you know you you know been in television done a lot of music the all new mickey mouse club um you did mention that you did come back later on in the seasons as one of the hosts and that was when mm-hmm. uh yourself and tiffany actually replaced a fred on the show um i guess mm-hmm. what really led to that was that just more of a wanting a younger hipper uh host to the show I'm, I'm not really sure how it went down, but I know I had just moved back out to L.A. Um, and was looking for a place, and all of a sudden I got a phone call saying, hey, you know, um, I don't know if Fred was done or he just, you know, I'd had it kind of didn't want to do it anymore or they couldn't come up with an agreement. Or I have no idea, but, but I think my uh, I think some people put in put in the air just kind of, hey, you should bring some of the kids from the party back. Um, and I'm, I was totally down to do it, you know. So we came back, and... Um, it was cool because I got to spend time with and get to know Brittany and Christina and Justin and and Matt and all these guys a lot better because I was I kind of was on my way out when they came in. Um, so it was really you know that was a blessing to kind of actually uh, secure those relationships as well. Very cool, and uh, you know so you really had a long stint on on the Mickey Mouse Club, uh, longer than a lot of them actually. Um, yeah. So you, you know you're part of that Disney family, and uh, I guess. Looking back at that, how does it feel knowing that uh, you're part of this Disney legacy and history that, uh, you know, at some point, I'm sure it feels, all right, well, it was a great glimpse glimpse in Disney history, but, you know, anything in Disney history always gets revisited, it has its fans, it always looks back as something that was monumental, something new. Um, how does it feel to be part of that legacy? No, it's awesome. I mean, I love, I mean, I, I even when I go back to Florida now to see my parents, I mean, I still go to Disney, I still hang out. 
I mean, who doesn't love the feeling of walking in the Magic Kingdom? You know, it never ends. Um, to be a part of the family is, you know, that's a dream come true for a lot of people, and I respect it very much. I mean, th- there's a, there's actually a book that's like called Disney A to Z, and I remember uh, seeing that book the last time I was at Disney. Uh, now it's Hollywood Studios, but before it was MGM. Um, just recently, I saw this book and. And sure enough, it's like supposed to be everything that's in Disney. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if my name's in there. And sure enough, my name's in there. I got so excited. It was funny. <laughs> on the floor, in Disney property, on the floor, looking for my name in Disney book. But, you know, to know that they take care of their own and they do revisit, and that's 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 very cool. And Disney's a wonderful company to work for. They've always been wonderful with me and taking care of me. <laughs> now, um, you know, I guess talking about those friendships and the Disney company and that, uh, I know um, everybody is going to, you know, I'm going to be flooded with emails, of course. Um, are you still friends with a lot of the people from the party and the past Mickey Mouse Club? And, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. You know, do you come in contact with uh, with a lot of them, and, and how are they doing? And, of course, um, you know, of course, all over the web, I'm sure you've been asked a million times, everyone's wondering, is Tiffany still alive? And, you know, you, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I guess you never know. Um, I guess... Do you keep in touch with everybody? I keep in touch with a lot of them. Um, and then there's a lot of them who just, you know, have kind of just went on with their lives, you know. And I don't know if they just don't want to be bothered or, or uh, you know, it was just a time of their life. They don't, you know, they moved on. But there's plenty of us out here who are still swinging. Um, I've seen uh, I've seen Josh. I've seen Dale. Dale's out there working his butt off. Um, I've seen Carrie Russell, sweetheart. You know, I've seen Justin, Justin Timberlake. I mean, Justin hasn't changed. He's one of the coolest guys you ever meet. You know, and that that makes me so happy to know that he's that cool. Matt is a sweetheart. Um, I still talk to Albert and Damon all the time. Damon's a proud father just recently, and uh, he's he's doing really great. <laughs> he's out in Houston, and uh, Albert's in Chicago. Dee Dee's actually. Doing Miss, uh, I'm actually she was doing Miss Saigon. She's doing Wicked now, out in San Francisco. So anybody in San Francisco, check out Wicked. She will, she'll blow you away. She's doing uh, the role of Nessa Rose in that. Very cool. Um, but, you know, I've, I still sing Tony Luca every now and then um, out here. But I, I see a lot of them. A lot of them I don't, but a lot of them I know. Tiffany's still alive. I haven't talked to her, though, but I do know she's out there. I know she's alive and. I think she just is out there living her own life right now. I don't think she's doing anything in the entertainment industry. And you got to respect that. You know, it's one of those that was a good time in her life. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have to say it's very rare that uh, you can Google somebody's name uh, uh, that was associated with, you know, Mickey Mouse Club, the party, and really find nothing. So she's doing a great job in today's information uh, <laughs> highway of really having yeah. nothing out there. I have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. You know, so, you know, there's a lot of different things that you have going on. You're currently, you know, you're currently active, solo albums, always working it. Um, I have to say, you know, is there anything that we're going to see you in in terms of any upcoming films, television series, uh, anything like that? Or are you just focusing 100% on getting this next follow-up solo album out? At at the moment, I'm full full blast on the the album. But in my my free time, I should have said, I have 160-something kids I work with. That uh, that's kind of where I give my free time to. Uh, I put them in rock and roll bands and try to help them with original music and and getting them out there in the industry and kind of teaching them how to uh, present themselves and act act right and respectful, <laughs> you know. But it's that's kind of what I do in my free time uh, if I'm not working on my CD is uh, is working with kids. 
Very cool. You know, you gotta love working with kids and, uh, you know, being that role model, showing them the way, um, especially in today's society, you know, having somebody like yourself to do something like that, it's, uh, it's definitely more helpful than the route a lot of kids could be taking nowadays. Absolutely. Well, it's funny, because since I lived that, and I know, you know, when I was, I got it when I was 12, so from 12 to 18, I was in this, you know, uh, industry, and, and so I know how the parents are, I know how the parents act, I know how, you know, people get, and it's funny, because I, de- I deal with that now in this, even on this level, where, I'm, where I teach, but it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of give something back. Very cool. Well, you know, if uh, anybody does want to find out more about you, about your solo album, um, all your current projects, where can they find you on the web? And I know that you are all over the web. Um, you can go to buzzfly.com. Um, that takes us to that main site. Um, I'm on Facebook, Facebook slash Chasen. Or you can go to uh, MySpace uh, slash Buzzfly. But if you Google it, it should all pop up. I mean, the iTunes is there under Chasen Hampton. Um, I think that's it, man. I mean, I'm I'm pretty easy to access. You know, if you write me a message, <laughs> I'll write you back. <laughs> <laughs> so very cool. You know, I know all of our Disney listeners out there are are gonna enjoy, uh, you know, hearing from you and knowing that you're alive, you're doing well. And uh, if they weren't diehard fans um, already, I know that they're already probably checking it out, googling it up, uh, checking out that first solo album. Which I have to say that. Uh, I, I have to say that I am glad to know that uh, you had a chance to revisit uh, my favorite track from back when you were with the party with Moving On. Oh, right so, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was the re-release. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's something about, something about those lyrics that, you know, because to me, music is all about the lyrics. If you can't connect yep. with the lyrics, it's you're losing something. Yep. So well, That would definitely uh, signify where I was at in that moment because we, uh, we, like, we, we were like, we didn't know whether should we quit the party and move on or... Should we all go solo, or we didn't really know what to do? So that, that was kind of what was coming out of me at that time. It was pretty true. Very cool. Well, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop in, you know, revisit uh, the Mickey Mouse Club, the party, your current projects. Is there anything that you'd like to leave out there for uh, uh, party fans, Mickey Mouse Club fans, or any Disney On Demand listener that's tuning in right now, maybe just hearing from Chasen for the very first time? I just want to thank everybody for... Uh for being there for all these years and, uh, and you know bless you bless you Disney for being there taking care of us uh, I'm going to keep it coming and please hang out and hang around and let me know what you think of the new stuff and we'll just keep rocking very cool it is our pleasure and uh, you know you're welcome back anytime especially when you get that uh, that uh, next CD out and up and running awesome thank you brother I appreciate it man. Disney Blue presents Disney On to Demand
Do you need me? Because I love you, girl. And do you love me? together forever. Check it out.
Sorcerer Radio. All Disney music, all day long. SRSounds.com. In 1955, Walt Disney introduced Disneyland to the world. However, to open the park, he had to receive financial help, so Walt approached several network channels for assistance. In the end, the American Broadcasting Company was the one that agreed to help finance the theme park. However, part of the agreement between Walt Disney and ABC was that Walt would come up with two television shows for ABC's use. One of the shows he created was The Mickey Mouse Club. The Mickey Mouse Club was a variety show that featured animated shorts, serials, as well as musical numbers. It was a weekday show that featured a different daily theme. The show would always begin with the song, The Mickey Mouse Club, and end with a slower version of the song. Come on, you all know it. M-I-C. See you real soon. K-E-Y. Why? Because we like you. M-O-U-S-E. The actors were mainly teens who called themselves Mouseketeers. From the original cast came famous actors and actresses that went on to have careers in Disney and also outside of Disney. The most famous of the original group was Annette Funicello. Original Mouseketeers also included Lonnie Burr, Tommy Kirk, and Kevin Corcoran. In fact, Tommy Kirk and Kevin Corcoran went on to film several movies together playing brothers. Movies you may remember, like Old Yeller and The Swiss Family Robinson. The series only ran for four seasons before there were differences between Walt Disney and ABC. Now, they couldn't come to terms for renewal, and in the end, they were forced to cancel the show. After the cancellation, ABC would not let Disney air the show on any other network. This caused a lawsuit, and when it was over, although Disney received damages, they were still not allowed to air the Mickey Mouse Club, or Zorro, their second show, on any other network. In the end, in 1996, Disney bought ABC, so it really didn't matter in the long run. Now, the next run of the Mickey Mouse Club was actually in the late 1970s. The show was modernized for the time period and featured several old Disney movies that were cut into segments for the show. It also had a more ethnically diverse cast. The most famous of the 1970s crop of Mouseketeers was Lisa Welcher, who went on to star in the NBC series The Facts of Life. The second incarnation of the Mickey Mouse Club was not as successful as the original and only aired from 1977 to 1979. Now, the third and most recent installment of the Mickey Mouse Club started in 1989 and ran for six seasons. During the first five seasons, the show ran from Monday through Thursday. But during the sixth season, it was only shown on Thursdays. It was recorded before a live studio audience at the Disney MGM Studios at Walt Disney World Theme Park in Florida. The show was similar to the previous versions, featuring musical numbers, small comedy bits, and a soap opera series called Emerald Cove that featured many of the Mouseketeers. While this latest version of the Mouseketeers Club features many young artists that have gone on to have successful singing as well as acting careers. Cast members included Carrie Russell, Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, and today's guest on Disney On Demand, Chase Hampton. The cast was changed more frequently and had over 30 Mouseketeers during its six-year run than either of the previous incarnations. There have been several different Mickey Mouse Clubs throughout the generations, 
with different formats, different casts, but with the same overall goal, to entertain the children of their time. What was created as a show to fulfill an agreement between ABC and Disney has sparked a legacy that has entertained for decades. You can still find DVD versions of the original Mickey Mouse Club, as well as some of the later versions if you search online. Who knows what the future may bring? We may not have seen the last of the club, but may once again finding ourselves singing along, now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. At least until the next installment of the show. Well, this is Rachel Pilgrim from Mouse Travel Tips Podcast, a mouse-sized podcast packed with Disney travel tips. Hope you enjoyed today's segment. Disney On Demand. Hey there, Disney fans. I hope you had a blast, and I want to thank Chase and Hampton once again for stopping in here at Disney On Demand. Definitely check him out on iTunes, his website, and all the different places. Check out his solo work. And definitely, if you have those old video cassettes, relive the all-new Mickey Mouse Club. So, Disney fans, that's going to wrap it up this week here at Disney On Demand. Now, before I go i do want to mention that you want to check out disneyblue.net where you can see our world famous listen to a disney movie player you can also find all of our back shows and archives there as well i'd also like to mention all the different ways that you can stay connected here at disney on demand first and foremost like i said disneyblue.net and that's blu you can find me on twitter at twitter.com slash disneyblue on skype as Disney Blue on AOL Instant Messenger at RFR Podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney Blue. And you can always find me on SRSounds.com as well, who helps bring Disney on demand to you every single week, where you log on and leave it on at SRSounds.com. So, Disney fans, until next week when we have a very special guest stopping in with none other than Russell Thompson, yes, the older brother from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is going to be stopping in next week here on Disney On Demand. So until next week, now it's time to say goodbye to all my Disney family. Catch you next week, Disney fans. Because we like you. Club is videotaped before a live audience at the Disney MGM Studios in Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand with your host, Jonathan Johnson, on Sorcerer Radio, srsounds.com.